0: Hello, and welcome to Coast to Coast AM. I am Lisa Gar, and so happy to be with you tonight. You have no idea. Welcome to 1111. For those of us on the West Coast, those on the East Coast have advanced to 1112. It's great to be with you, nevertheless. Tonight we're talking about, in the beginning of the um, hour, we're talking about how ancient history shows us that sacred spaces have been created forever. I mean they have there have been altars and shrines that honor and people or past loved ones or maybe even invoke spirits or you can set intentions. These spaces have been used historically to show devotion and ask for many, many different things. So tonight we're talking about these sacred spaces in the form of something called Vastu Shastra. It is the primary system of sacred architecture used in India for more than 7,000 years. And my guests are Michael and Robin Mastro, and they are the foremost practitioners of Vastu Shastra in North America. We're going to find out more about this also called Yoga for the Home in a little bit right after the break. We'll be right back here listening to Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Coast to Coast AM. I am Lisa Garr, and I forgot to mention that it is Veterans Day weekend, and thank you so much to all of our wonderful people in service. They have always been my heroes, and my dad was also a veteran, so it's a great time to celebrate that. So we are talking about tonight, the first two hours here, about how ancient history has shown us that sacred spaces of altars and shrines have been created we see them in cemeteries you know to honor those who have passed or to invoke spirits in many ways and these are intentional spaces and they have been used historically but they can also be used in the home and these types of altars or sacred spaces or arrangement of the space has been known you've maybe heard of feng shui the ancient um, Chinese art of placement. Well, Vastu Shastra is what we're talking about tonight, and that is a primary system of sacred architecture used in India for more than 7,000 years. And joining us tonight are two wonderful people. They are the foremost practitioners of Vastu Shastra in North America, Michael and Robin Mastro. And they have, not only are they here to explain how this could help our homes and our lives and our environments, but they have conducted this wonderful art of Vastu Shastra in corporations such as Microsoft and um, and uh, World Bank and Amazon and NASA and and thousands of homes, individual homes. So, welcome. I'll say hi to Michael Mastro first. Hello, Michael.
1: Hi, Lisa. Great,
0: it's great Robin. to hear you. Yes, and then um, Robin. Hello, welcome.
2: Hi. It's been a long time, but it's great to hear your voice. It
0: sure has. It's wonderful. I saw Michael recently, and Robin, I I know that you've got a new book coming out. I'm really excited. It's absolutely beautiful um, about altars, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to see if maybe you could explain a little bit, uh, Michael, I'll start with you, about what Vastu Shastra is, and tell me a little bit about how you got involved
1: in it. So uh, I was very fortunate as a young architect uh, to meet Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the Beatles guru, um, when I was very young. And uh, I listened to his lecture and came up and talked to him uh, afterwards. And he mentioned that he wanted me to come and design some buildings in Rishikesh, India. And it was there at his his feet that I learned uh, about Vastu. Now, vastu means building and Shastra is science. It is the science of building. And as you said, it, it uh, comes from an ancient body of knowledge called the Vedas that's seven to 10,000 years old. And in this part of the Vedas called the Tharaveda, uh we find uh, all the self-help type um, sciences, yoga and meditation and uh, the science of astrology called Jyotish and Ayurveda, the science of healing, and Vastu Shastra. And in fact, uh, Vastu and um, Jyotish and um, Ayurveda are are sister sciences. They're very interconnected, and uh, they were created to help us uh, to heal ourselves, to, uh, to reduce stress, in our lives so that we can utilize our full potential to have good health, to have good uh, careers, to have harmony in our relationships and and prosperity in our lives.
0: How does space conduct something like that? I mean, I think that it has been used historically, and you do write a little bit about it, Robin, in Altars of Power and Grace. How how does what we do in our space, physically, impact the energy in our lives. Historically, how does that work?
2: Well, I think if you if you look at the human body, we are electromagnetic tuning forks. our Our bodies are are magnetic. Our blood is magnetic. Our nervous system is electric, and we are. Wired to work efficiently in certain environments. And in nature, all five elements earth, air, fire, water, and space are in harmony. And you feel that when you're at the beach or you're near a waterfall. You feel really wonderful and refreshed. But sometimes when we are in our home, we feel just the opposite. And that is because. One or more of the five elements is out of place. Mm. And what Vastu does is that it can energetically and very subtly change the energy in an environment. And the way we know how to utilize it is that we, we don't do any remodeling or demolition. We do it in a way that is very, very subtle, but our physiology feels it. And once we feel the harmony, the stress in our lives is reduced so we can think more clearly, act more effectively, be more productive. Mm -hmm.
0: It's exactly right. So you don't have to remodel or change walls or although flow is important, you can actually adjust that by putting various elements around the trouble centers of a house or an office or anywhere in your life. Even wearing it on your body, you can wear various artifacts that help change the um, weaknesses into the body into strengths and I have to ask about the history of this though how was all of this discovered in seven thousand years is a long time to develop this so Michael, maybe you could share with us a little bit about that history
1: so uh, the Vedas were cognized by ancient. Rishis who are in deep meditation and who observed the workings of the universe and they they wrote this uh, sacred knowledge down about how the five elements uh, impact our physiology and the environment and how it makes us feel and, and how to keep, how to live in harmony with nature, basically. And that's what Vastu is all about. It's, it's Aligning your physical body and your uh, your home or your office, which is the body of your body, to two forces of nature: the positive solar energy that comes from the east and the magnetic energy that comes from the north. And when you align yourself to these two forces of nature, then nature supports all your endeavors, your your health, and your your. Career, etc. You know, so it's just—it's about aligning with all the forces of nature. And in Vastu, we design buildings that are in harmony with nature. And most architects don't know about this knowledge, and so that's where we come in to uh, change the energy flow when things are out of balance. And, and most people uh, have had the experience of walking into a house. Maybe it's a very, very expensive house or, or beautiful house, but for some reason they don't feel comfortable and don't feel like staying very long. And that's because one or more of those five elements are out of balance.
0: Mm. Now, can you give us an example of maybe a corporation that you went into that you changed the energy on using Vasu Shastra? If, is there a story that you have maybe that shows the before and after of it?
1: So I was very fortunate after I learned about this science in, in India, and when I came back, I was on the design team for the first Microsoft building and in Redmond, Washington, or, or Bellevue, or Redmond, okay. um, and got to utilize this knowledge that I had learned. Um, and later, uh, I utilized this knowledge for uh, Amazon and Intel and several corporations go into existing buildings and improve the energy flow so people could be more productive.
0: What did you do specifically or how did you change it?
1: So we utilize uh, little energy machines uh, they're called yantras which is a physical representation of a mantra or sound and it's based on the principle of that Einstein set out that if you can match the frequency, of something that's already in balance, for example, the five elements being in balance, in a specific little energy machine, then you can improve that energy flow. It's like you were saying earlier about wearing certain things, like people who understand how energy flows in the body, like a chiropractor or like a someone who does massage or an acupuncturist, they know you come, you are experiencing some pain in the body or a headache, and you go to someone who does acupuncture. They know that some meridian or mama point is blocked in the body, and they place a needle there to uh, free up that energy so that it can flow in the body, and then you have less pain and, and your headache goes away. Same thing we're doing with a house we locate where the energy is getting stuck. Uh, due to poor placement of uh, toilets or different uh, fixtures in the house. And uh, we placed this energy machine there to to get the energy moving. And when I say energy machine, it's something very, very small and inconspicuous. Nobody but you will know it's there.
0: Like a sticker or something that has the yantra on it, right? Yes. Right. So interesting. And let's talk a little bit about that, like, in people's homes, where you have water toilets that are flowing constantly, is that representative of of um, money or wealth, or is there specific ways to or um, keep the doors shut or something like that that can prevent the outflow of water
2: constantly? Robin,
0: maybe you could speak to that. Well.
2: Um, but- there's different kinds of water energy. There's the polluted water from the toilet, and then there is water from a fountain or water that you put in your bath or your sink. So the different quality of energy matters. So in a bathroom that is, let's say the bathroom is not placed in, a, in an area of the home that is supportive of that water element. And let's say you have a bathroom in the southeast, which is actually the home of the fire element. Well water and fire, they kind of they they don't mix. Water right. fire out. And so it reduces the the passionate healthy energy that you get from the southeast. So if your toilet is placed in that area, it's going to cause problems. It's going to cause problems in your house. And it's difficult to renovate a house and move the bathroom from right. that area to another area. Right. So what we have developed through being the guinea pigs for all the work that we've done over the last 30 years is that we've figured out how to utilize these small energetic devices to eliminate the stress that's causing that imbalance without having to move that bathroom. And, and it what we call rectifies that so that the stress is reduced and the, the issue of the water being in the wrong place is alleviated. It's alleviated energetically, even though you haven't removed that bathroom that's poorly placed.
0: So, is there for people that don't know exactly? I'm um, going through the directions right now. Is there something that everyone should do where it comes to keeping the door shut, or something around places of water, or maybe putting a um, the intentional water in the house like a fountain or something that's more intentional in or around the house
2: the water the water element is at home in the northeast area of the house so it is it's kind of the area that when you have it properly placed it brings abundance into the home you can use one
0: of those compasses on your phone. There's you like can use compass, the compass apps. Mhm.
2: Yeah. It's it's an easy way to figure out the directions where your house, the rooms in your house and how your house is laid out or where your apartment is or your dorm room. It's very easy that way to figure out um where Places like the bathroom and the kitchen and the water heater and the electrical outlet and the things that really affect our physiology where they're located, and certain elements when they're not located in their proper place create dis-ease in the body, and so over time, those uh, th- that imbalance can create. Issues with health, issues with your relationships, issues with you being able to focus and, and feel good in your space, issues with your ability to create um, prosperity and abundance for you and your family. And we, we've we kind of figured this out to the point where when people come to us with issues, and usually we don't talk to people unless they have something <laughs> going on. Right, right. Um, so when they come to us and they tell us, oh, you know, we, we're having, you know, we just moved into this place and we really, really love it, but oh my God, we're really, we're fighting more and I, I haven't been able to sleep and we can figure out why and we can change that. So it, what we do corrects that stress that is caused by what we were talking about. Maybe there's, no windows in, in in an area where you need a lot of that uh, solar magnetic energy coming in, or there's a door in the southwest, which is your stability, and you you shouldn't be coming in through that door, but that's your front door and what does it do? It creates kind of kind of instability in, in, in the relationship and it, and uh, usually with the head of the household, so there's things that we know how to do to fine tune any environment. So you're not having to remodel or... Right,
0: constantly. So if you take on the phone, there's usually an app that's a um, Compass app. They're free. And you can go into the, you said the northeast corner of your home, and that's where you should not have water, right?
2: No, that's where you should have water.
0: You should have water.
2: Okay. That is the confluence of the solar and magnetic energy that feeds your physiology. You want that energy to be stimulated. And water, um, moving water in that area like a little fountain or um, outside your house if you have like a little fountain inside your house, a bubbler or like a bubbler fountain kind of thing, or Uh even a bowl of water, any form of water really helps enliven that element i mean that is a very basic thing you can do but it does work and if you have a fireplace in the north it's not the best placement for the fireplace and so we don't want it's like the placement for your abundance all your abundance comes in that's the magnetic juicy energy that you need to really build your prosperity and if you light a fire in that area you're burning it up, right? So you want to maybe instead of use that fireplace, um, you could put things in that area like plants or 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 things that are are green that enliven that vibration of abundance. And uh Ah, and not use that because you're burning up your money when you when you're setting that fire. So little tips like that really help on a very basic level help you realize that your the energy in your environment does affect you. It does it does have an impact on your health, your relationships, your finances and your career. Those are just the basic kind of things, but it also very specifically when there are Specific types of imbalances, we can tell what kind of illness or what kind of frustration or or, right. or issue is coming up for you just by looking at the floor plan of your home.
0: Fascinating. All right. Well, we're going to continue with this conversation when we come back. Later on, we're going to take some calls. Also, when you could ask some questions about your specific house to see what's going on, I'll share one of my stories as well. So we will be back with Robin and Michael Mastro. I am Lisa Gar and you're listening to Coast to Coast AM. Welcome back to Coast to Coast AM. I'm am Lisa Gar and my guests tonight are Michael and Robin Mastro and they are foremost practitioners of Vastu Shastra in North America. And this is basically if it's an ancient system, 7,000 to 10,000 years it's been used in India and Here, it is basically if you have an issue going on in your home or your workspace, or if you want to eliminate blocks to productivity and so forth, there are ways that you can organize or block certain energy that you don't want and bring in energy that you do want. And they have books on uh, Vastu Shastra that uh, one of them is absolutely beautiful. Uh, It's called Altars of Power and Grace. And... It is. Uh, you can find all of us at vastu, VastuCreations dot com. Uh, Robin, I am going to ask you first about some of the altars. What have you um, recognized if somebody has issues, maybe in a workspace? And can you set up tiny little altars in your workspace that can help uh, harmony, or creativity, or productivity, or abundance come into a
2: workspace? Yes, and what's interesting is um, there's something you said in the very beginning when you were introducing what we were talking about today um, or tonight, and that is um, altars have been around for thousands and thousands of years, and and they've been used in all kinds of religions and all kinds of cultures, and I I think that in the West in in our kind of culture in the United States, unless you come from that sort of tradition, it isn't kind of something that we know about. We don't utilize altars um, in the same way as you see in Europe or in, in Mexico or South America or in India or in in Bali or Thailand, where people really honor the unseen forces in their lives. And I spent many years traveling around and and studying these ancient systems of honoring the unseen, and I um, I realized that here um, we kind of lack the understanding of that we're connected to something larger than ourselves, our bodies, our families, our country. We're connected to things that we can't see, but actually do have impact on our life every day. And the alters that I've developed are based on my graduate work in whole systems design. Uh, yeah. And they are based on the science of Ostu, which had never been done before, before I started researching this. And I brought this this premise to my graduate committee, well, the question is, what would happen in people's lives if I I did this? Because we had just been Michael and I had just been in India and we had been traveling throughout India, um, and we had seen sacred uh, ceremonies done in in all over India, and we'd been to Bali and, and watched how how beautifully um, the Balinese honor the divine yes. and. I, I started building altars using the premise of Vastu, where the elements are in a very specific place, and it basically created a microcosm of the universe in perfect order in small, sacred spaces, and I did this for my friends and my family. They didn't know what I was doing. They just went along with it, trying to humor me, and their lives started changing, and some in the most incredible ways. Well, it's very,
0: um, very common when you see them in cemeteries, basically tombstones or altars, um, memorializing those who have passed. On some on the side of the road where an accident occurred, an altar will exist to memorialize the the, the space um, on the side of the accident. We you see them everywhere. When when we were in Bali. There was, uh, you know, dear, dear friend had an accident on the beach and instantly the Balinese people surrounded the accident with prayer boxes that they made out of the palm fronds to ward off the evil spirits that might have come in during that accident. And it worked because, you know, our our wonderful friend is still alive today. And so they are everywhere, everywhere in our world, everywhere. In every culture, they are altars are used. But I'm curious, is there um, certain elements on the altar, Michael, maybe you could answer this, that if anyone were to go create one today, what would they go grab right now?
2: Well, what we're doing when we're creating an altar based in the Vedic tradition, which is the tradition where Vastu Shastra comes from, we are representing the elements in directions, because Vastu is a directional science. And uh, we place the elements in their proper place by creating an altar. And the items we put on the altar are symbolic of those elements. So like water would go in the Northeast. That is the home of the water element. you place like a, a small cup of water there. Air goes in the northwest. You place a, a small um, fan. fan or a feather or even incense. Okay. Something that represents air. Some people, um, they have like a, a small bell because that sound is part of, it goes through the air. Um, in the Southeast, as I had said before, is the home of the fire element. A candle is what we use to to symbolize that energy, that fiery, passionate, vital energy filled with vitality that is it representative of the of the southeast. In the southwest is the earth element. It's the grounding force. It's the stabilizing force in our lives, and there we put. A plant or a crystal, or some people use a bowl of uncooked rice. some people um, they 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 add whatever supports or symbolizes to them something from the earth, leaves or bark from a tree, or I've even had people put a little bowl of of dirt that they get in their backyard, something of the earth. So And in the center, so you basically have created a square, and in the center we, is the space element. This is where you place your intention of what it is you want, and that's a plate. We call it an offering tray. It's a place where you connect your intention with the divine, the unseen forces that support our, our dreams and our desires. Because so often what we do is that we know exactly what we don't want, but we really don't ask for what we do want. Right. And this is a way of creating a ceremony of intention. And it is like alerting that energy that we are serious about this, that we're not complaining, but we're asking for help. We're asking for support. And then when we ask, we let go. We allow that energetic field that we've created through placement and ceremony and asking for our needs to be met, and then we let it go, and we let it work. It's like you plant a seed. You don't start digging in to see what's going on with the root system of that seed. You trust that it's going to come up.
0: Well, at the same time, how do you, and Michael, if you could answer, how do you Remove something you don't want. I mean, when there's something really unwanted, because we have, apparently our house is built on top of a deep well, like way, way below us. So there's constant flow happening in our house. What do we, I mean, what do you do for something like that? Or if someone's maybe trying to clear a house from somebody who's passed away in the house or something like that, how do you remove energy?
1: So you introduce, as I was saying before, uh, this this uh, idea from Einstein, you create a frequency by whatever means, music or intention, or we use these, particularly yantras or an altar, create a frequency of where all five elements are in balance, and that will over... Or shadow or supersede any of the negativity. So it, it's you're introducing light into the darkness. The frequency Makes sense. harmony or balance will will uh, uh, block the negative energies from coming in.
0: Okay, so could you, and it's not just a matter of lighting a candle, it has to be in a specific area of the house or office or... Um, Uh, where there would be flow right
1: yeah it's it's like Robin was saying there are specific uh, if you divide your house into four equal squares the Northeast is associated with the water element and the water element is has to do with growth in your life financial prosperous growth and the the fire element in the southeast has to do with energy uh, the energy of vitality. If, if for some reason there's a toilet or something in the southeast, that's water reducing fire, and it's draining your energy, your vital health healing energies. And then the southwest is the earth element, and that's anything that supports you, your from your physical structure to how you support your family, your career. In the northwest is the air element, and the air element has to do with our mind, our emotions, our speech, our actions, and if the air element is in balance, we we have harmonious thoughts and harmonious actions. And if it's if it's out of balance for some reason, there can be some disharmony in our actions, and and this creates stress in relationships. So if you're not communicating clearly, or if there's disharmony in your speech, then there would be some stress in relationships. So all these these four areas of life really get addressed in Vasu by balancing the elements in each direction. And as Robin was saying, just adding some moving water in the northeast will support that water element. Adding like a Himalayan salt lamp in the southeast will support the fire element. Adding plants in the southwest will support the the earth element. And some kind of chimes or something uh, like that in the Northwest will support the air element.
0: It's interesting. So, you know, sometimes things are placed in the house for beauty or a fountain or something, and you don't even realize where it's being placed without studying it first. But I do have a question about the, if somebody were to pass away in the house, how do you rebalance or clear the energy? I guess it has to be noted if you're to sell a house that somebody passed away and it has to be noted on the sales documents. Is there a way to maybe clear spirits from a house? What if a house is haunted?
1: (laughs) Yes, this comes up in our work quite a lot. Uh. There are certain sounds that you can uh, chant that will introduce uh, you know, light into the the darkness. And so oftentimes when someone dies, they get stuck and that they need to be uh, drawn to the light and, and coaxed or, or, or talked to um, to uh, let go of where they are and move on into the light. And that's what certain, ch- certain types of chants that have been, it's a part of every culture. Uh, some people use sage and and do some chanting. Some people use incense and move around the house in a clockwise manner to uh, purify the atmosphere and and these this chanting again is creating that frequency of harmony so that any anyone who's stuck can move on.
0: Okay. So, is there a way that we could look that up, or something that you have that could help us with that? Especially if there's a haunted house.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, one one mantra that's very very powerful is Om Namah Shivaya. Um, the five elements are actually related to the syllables in this particular mantra. She, she uh, is is. Uh, Related to the earth element. Va is related to the um, water element. Okay. Uh, each each of those syllables relates to the different uh, elements. And when you chant that mantra, it balances the five elements and brings them into harmony in the physical body and in the environment. And that will lift any stuck energies, including uh, someone who's died, um
0: to move on Om Navashanaya na, okay right? okay na, na, okay and, nama,
1: shivaya.
0: Okay. Shivaya. Okay. and uh, so if you and and we're gonna take calls at the um, beginning of next hour but if you have a question or something about your house that has uh, energy that needs to be moved or stuck or brought in or something like that. You could, of course, course, ask questions to Michael and Robin Mastro. Um, So you'll give us a call at the top of the hour. But in the meantime, these types of chants move energy. Um, Music, does music also move energy?
1: Yes, yes, uh, harmonious music. You know, uh, Dr. Omoto is a very famous scientist in Japan who studied the frequency of sound and how it affects the molecules in water. We are made of 80% water, our body, and we're very, very affected by sound and frequency. And he would uh, do these experiments where he would uh, chant certain mantras or certain sounds or or just even they had this experiment in in, in uh, school for kids where they would fill two uh jars with rice and water, and they would put love on one jar and uh, hate on the other jar and see what would happen over time. And the the jar with uh, hate written on it would start to mold after a couple of weeks. And whereas the the jar with love on it, the the rice would start to sprout and grow. So it's very interesting, uh, you know, how this affects these sounds affect our, our physiology and the environment.
0: I would love they, to know a story where um maybe one time when you had to actually go in and, and remove uh, a being or an entity or something like that. Have you ever had a very intense situation like that?
1: Yeah, I have uh, lots of clients where they feel certain things in the environment that <laughs> are happening uh, that are completely out of their control, and they're they're definitely concerned that there is some kind of an entity there. And after we do what we do, uh, which is called the sacred ceremony or puja, that completely clears the energy and the environment. And um, uh, it's it's very powerful, and they would report back to me uh, just in a few hours. Oh. If- Such relief that this, um, whatever was uh, creating this disharmony in their environment has now moved on.
0: It would clear. That's fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to continue with Michael and Robin Mastro from Vastu Shastra Creations. And um, we'll also take your calls. So we'll be right back. I'm Lisa Gar. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM.